brother. How are you? Sure, Jen. Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Can you see me? I sure can. Um, I did just plug my phone in and now it is spazzing out on me. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on. All right, cool. All right. There she is. <laughs> how are you? I like your uh, setup. I know. I'm, I'm, this is like, you know, this is professional setup, unfortunately. So uh, gotta, you know, I got the nice uh, wide angle lens going on. This is kind of like my studio where I do a lot of this stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah. I took over my sister's old room. So she's mm -hmm. not about it. But you know what? She doesn't That's live here. So. <laughs> uh, but there you go. Good to finally reconnect with you. How, how have things been? It's been a few years. Um, yeah, things have been good. Things have been good. I am currently back in Austin. Um, and so it's good to be back, although, you know, not getting to get out and around much, of course. But yeah, yeah. No, no, I hear you. So, so just for the audience, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you know, it's a good way for us Happy to, to be here. Well, and at the same time, um, good for you know the audience who you know were just like you and I back in the day when we were in college. Uh, so that's you know my my target audience are you know kids like that or undergrads and grads like that. And it's always good to kind of you know release some of the stories that we were hiding in our own personal lives uh, <laughs> to give them a little bit of you know what you did right, but especially what you did wrong, so that you know they can kind of avoid those mistakes. So uh, you know, a quick background on you that I've done a little bit of research on. So Pratna, I've known for I would say almost five, six years at least around that time. And we met in Austin at UT Austin where I did an event there. Um, and I don't know, I don't remember if I, you know, were you the one who we, I partnered with to bring the workshop there? Were you one of the, one of the few students in the student body there? Yeah. So I think we tried to do that another year, the following year, um, and yes. it fell through, but yeah, the first time I think Jonathan Ong, um, yes. who just is an absolute rock star, right. That we both have the fortune of knowing and, um, yeah, a couple of students. So we're super happy to have you. And I think we'll have to do something like that. I, have you been at UT? I haven't. So that's the only time I've been to Austin and Austin since then has become cooler and cooler from what I've, what I've been uh, hearing. Uh, you know, people like Tim Ferriss are moving there. So something mm. must be, something must be good, but look, You've done some awesome stuff. You've worked in, at, you know, in consulting. You've worked at uh, PwC. You've worked at, now you're like working at Vista, which is one of the top private equity firms. Uh, focus on software. Is that, is that kind of the main focus for Vista, right? Yeah, that's what we do. So, so you've done a lot of cool things. And I think the journey is awesome. And I, I don't know much of the journey. So I wanted to kind of you know, start back. So I would, I, would, I would love to start before even UT Austin. So you know, where are you from? Like, where's the family from? <laughs> Way back. Um, let's see. So grew up in Calcutta, India, spent the first 18 years there. Um, you know, went to high school there and whatnot. Um, and then my, no, no, no. I went to high school in India and, and, oh, you know, wow. all the schools preceding that. Yeah. You, have, uh, you don't have an Indian accent or even a little bit of it. Was it all American schooling there? So, I mean, education mostly is, is in English, right? At least in private schools for the most part. Um, but I did not go to an international school, so I really have no idea where it comes from. I want to say just, you know, TV, yeah. unfortunately. I yeah. wish that was like a more, you know, cooler, more insightful source. You're the, you're the Netflix generation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, really, I think it was just, just pop culture, right? And what I was exposed to on the screen. Because um, nice. my parents, you know, they signed for the India and all my friends were, um, you know, it's not like they went to an international school. Yeah. So you um, really moved to Austin from India? No, parents are still back there, and they're currently, oh, wow. um, yeah, in a tussle with the cyclone that's like about to hit them. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's gone pretty crazy. Um, 
But yeah, so they, they live back in India still. Um, I have an older sister who currently is at IBM in London. Gotcha. And um, their, their younger daughter, me, is all the way on the other end of the globe. So we're how a little did, spread out. How did, how did life take you to Austin? Well, you know, my parents said, Prar, you're not going to college in India. You need, um, you know, this experience that is well-rounded and where you're not just, you know, kind of in a classroom, but you're, yeah. um, you know, in, in a million organizations and you're really pushing yourself to the limit, right, and, and all of these different um, aspects. Um, so I said, yeah, guys, that sounds wonderful. Um, and then the decision came down to um, either UT or NYU. And I don't know to this day, um, <laughs> you know, which would have, I mean, UT's, fantastic right like yeah. I have been blessed with this ginormous family right of wonderful friends and, and a network that I so I'm so inspired by and I love and respect right and, and it led me to where I am today right so yeah absolutely love UT but then I have such such a special place for New York in my heart right and um NYU just lets you do more in New York right for, for yeah, yeah. more years um there, there's, but, there are very few cities in the world better than New York City as a young person yeah I, I love saying that New York just kind of ruins the rest of the world for you, right? Like you in your head, you're always comparing that like pasta in front of you to, you know, the one you had in Lower Side. And you're like, oh, it doesn't quite yeah, line yeah, up. Yeah. Like nothing does, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so you come to UT. Uh, how did you decide on like uh, your degree? Like what was the reason for choosing what you chose? Sure. So I, um, so I majored in economics and then okay. I did um, these two certificates that, uh, UT offers, which they're like more than a minor, but le less than a major. Um, yeah. So they're kind of somewhere in the middle. So I chose computer science and I chose business. Um, yeah. And so kind of got that like well-rounded, yeah. um, you know, trio going there. Um, economics, because I enjoy math. Um, okay. But I was pursuing this kind of like science stream back in high school in India. They made you like choose, you know, either science or business, right? Yeah, and yeah. Um, I said, hey, I think I've developed a lot of critical thinking skills from all of this chemistry and, you know, physics, and I understand the world more, but I think that I want to be a lot more closer to, to business yeah. thinking than I am now. Um, so economics was a good, good halfway and computer science, you know, because coding is cool and, and um, you learn how to take problems and break them up into little logical pieces in your head and, you know, yeah. arrange them into an action plan, right? I mean, it's just like solving no, no, puzzles. Makes sense. So parents, you know, I see that you started like doing some internships in VC and, you know, like, that, like you're, you're leaning more towards a business route. Does family yeah. come from a business background? They don't. My mom's an artist. Okay. <laughs> so she does um, primarily oil and then some dry pastels. Um, so she, you know, is very, very, very um, kind of artistic, right brain. And then yeah. my dad, um, he... Yeah, I mean, he, he, he got a physics honors back in the day and, yeah. you know, currently does nothing super corporate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's not no, really. There's no bankers or lawyers or, or uh, VCs in, in the family. No, not at all. I think yeah, I, so uh, I think I found it, you know, at UT and I said, hey, this, this makes me want to get out of bed every day with a spring and, and, you know, excitement. And that's, you know, that's the direction that you want to pursue, right? Yeah. Yeah. So freshman year, you joined this company called, or, or I guess group called Micro Ventures. Mm -hmm. What is Micro Ventures? And, and was this your freshman year? It was. Yeah, it was my freshman summer. Um, so super cool internship, you know, quick three months, pretty standard. Um, they, they were a small venture capital firm. They've, they've grown a little bit since. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I was doing a bunch of just kind of like market industry analysis and trends for them, you know, authored a few white papers, kind of typical freshmen just starting to get yeah, exposed yeah. to the space, right? Starting to understand the thinking behind VC investing and whatnot. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it was, you know. Is, did that kind of like build your further, kind of like build your interest in, in that space where you, you were kind of like, hey, you know what? It's hard to become a VC anything in a junior level, right? Like, you know, it's one yeah. of the hardest industries to get into, even if you have experience. So where does mm -hmm. someone go from freshman year, you know, an early stage internship and kind of, you know, following that passion? What's next then? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think the good, um, the, the fantastic thing about startups, right, is they typically want interns and don't want to pay them. Yeah. Um, and I think that as an underclassman, you can really leverage that and use that to your benefit and say, hey, you know, I'm just looking for experience, right? That's an excellent way to get your get your foot in the door, right? Because yeah. then you're a junior with two, inter two internships under your belt and you say, hey, I bring a little bit more to the table, right, than, than maybe some others. Yeah. Um, and so you just you just build on that, right? You, um, you, you're, I still remember my first interview where it was at a coffee bean, right? Um, and he says, well, you know, tell me what you bring to the table. And I said, well, I've been, you know, at UT for a year and I've yeah. funded an organization. I've, um, you know, taken on leadership roles in this like economics organization and whatnot. Right. And so you, you, you look for translatable skills, right? Yeah, you yeah. look for, um, thinking that you're developing approaches to problems you're developing in your head. And then you say, how do I frame this yeah. to where it translates best to a value creation strategy right for the for the person um you know who i want to work with who i want to yeah. work from um so that's really that's really the plan you just build on that yeah so you took that internship you converted to another advisory style internship after that for your next summer and mm -hmm. and and you know this is like both of these firms that you worked at like you know micro ventures and first investors these aren't like big brands that everybody just knows very small right mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, but like as an international student, were you an international student at this time as well? Like, you, okay, got it. So as an international student, was it hard? Was that one of the reasons why you, you, you weren't working at Morgan Stanley Wealth Management? Because a lot, a lot of wealth management folks in sophomore year, I've yeah. heard, right? Or Merrill, mm -hmm. Merrill Wealth Management. So tell me about that. Yeah, that was, the, I mean, that was, that was part of the reason, right? I think people want to typically hire candidates or start to home grow these candidates early on and maybe have, you know, the safety of knowing, hey, I don't have to, you know, sponsor them. Yeah. Right? It's, 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 a, it's a really tight funnel, right? Your options get decreased a lot. Um, but that being said, you know, that, I mean, and we're, we're talking to a lot of people, like you said, that, that um, you know, are probably in the situation right now or have been or are going to find themselves, right, in, yeah. in that place looking for jobs, looking for internships um, under an upperclassman, right? So I, th that should never be a reason to say, hey, they're probably not going to, um, you know, interview me. I'm just not going to apply because you always stumble into those exceptions every now and then, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. startups are, are even less likely to, to be interested in candidates that they have to sponsor because they're so expensive and yeah. whatnot. But, you know, you, you, you have a conversation and it's, um, you know, inspiring enough for you and the person across you for them to say, hey, I'll make an exception. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't, um, you know, in the business school necessarily. And, um, you know, these were opportunities that I, that I sought out and seemed super cool. And I mean, the venture yeah. capital internship was fantastic and really set me off on this path. Yeah, and that's awesome. And at, like, at, work, at school, a lot of these students, it's hard to kind of differentiate yourself because, you know, the only thing that students usually just have in their, you know, in their pocket is their GPA and everybody's got yeah. a GPA. So you, right. you know, did a lot of extracurricular things. So talk to me a little bit about what were those things that kind of helped you push the platform a little bit more and kind of set yourself apart from some of the competition? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think that you look at all of these and, and it depends on your school, depends on your campus, right? It depends on how big it is. I think um, the, like the one thing that I've noticed about UT is 
they have an organization for everybody. They have like a Quidditch team, right? And we're oh, wow, okay. really, really <laughs> good at it, right? Which is an interesting fact. Um, but you, you want to seek those, um, you know, groups out on your campus and you want to say, I want to get to know these people. I want to understand what it is that keeps these, these people up at night and yeah. I want to learn it and I want to become good at it, right? To the point where I'm not just someone in the room trying to figure out what's going on. I'm bringing value, right? Mm. Um, so you like, you, you get to know the game, you understand it and then you play it really well. Yeah. Um, initiative, initiative is huge. You know, when, when people are potential, um, you know, employers for internships or even jobs, when they're talking to um, students, they want to see, you know, what students are doing to get out of their comfort zone, what they're doing to make sure they are ground to the bone, right? They're like yeah. really bringing a thousand percent of themselves to, to their everyday. Um, I think, you know, entrepreneurship in that sense, um, creating, creating um, organizations, you know, or adding a different initiative mm -hmm. or effort to an existing organization yeah. is big. Cause you also learn so much from it, right? Building something from ground up is always challenging. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite quotes, it's by F. Scott Fitzgerald, it goes, yeah. you, life is defined by the opportunities and even the ones that you miss, right? Learn to say no to the right things, learn to say yeah. yes to the right things. And that's awesome. So you take all of that and then your big uh, New York City adventure begins, your first uh, yeah. adventure within <laughs> New York City. So PwC, how is the recruiting for, because PwC obviously big in consulting and accounting, do they do both or is it just, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, it's obviously the number one ranked, uh, you know, accounting shop for sure. Um, how did you, how was the recruiting process for that? Uh, coming from UT, do a lot of like employers do, you know, show up to UT from New York or, you know, you had to kind of go seek and build your own network? Yeah, definitely fair. I think you, I think you start from where you are and, you know, and, and you build from there, you, you uh, do it, you know, one, one ladder rung at a time, right? Um, sophomore year, I was looking around and I said, okay, I have these two internships. Um, you know, I want to do something else with my summer. I want to start planning for junior year or summer, right? Yeah. Um, you want to be looking ahead. Um, and so that was this leadership program, right. That they, that they used to do. And I'm sure they still do. Um, cause it seemed to be a very successful initiative yeah. called elevate. Okay. Um, and then they also have like a cousin of it called explore, which is, is it a different part of the year, but okay. would definitely encourage everyone, um, you know, interested in, in audit and or consulting to keep an eye out for those. Cause that's how they start to, to get you young. Right. Okay. And then they, they prioritize you because they've already invested time in interviewing you. You know, mm -hmm. they, they understand that you're a sophomore, which is typically yeah. the class that they recruit for from, for the leadership program. And they yeah. say, if we can make you fall in love with us right now in your second year, right? And you grow with that mindset, then you're ours. And we can make sure that you're getting the experiences you need to refine yourself, to hone yeah. your skill set, right? So, so I did Elevate. It was fantastic. Met a lot of it, you know, excellent people. Uh, made my, my, one of my best friends to this day in my um, New York roommate until last year, I met her at the conference, right? Oh, nice. Uh, we were standing in the hallway and, you know, I was lonely and I looked around and I said, Hey, do you know where dinner is? And, you know, here we are. She's like visiting me in, in a month. Uh, that's wonderful. Right? That's amazing. Uh, yeah. And so, so I did that. Um, I had an offer for the next summer, you know, yeah. before the end of, um, before the end of summer, that summer. And so a year down, you know, I, I signed a PwC offer. Um, it was, it was supposed to be in Texas. And, you know, I said, Hey, so hold um, up. So know, this was an offer for, for PwC full time. So when you graduate, you have a role for the internship. So, so oh. sophomore summer. 
yeah, and I'm jumping back and forth, but sophomore summer was when I did this leadership program. And okay. before the end of sophomore summer, they said, hey, come back and intern with us next summer. Okay. Um, to answer a question about location though, so the, the, the offer was supposed to be in Texas. Um, yeah. I said, hey, my role is slotted to be in the financial services work stream. Um, I want to, you know, be among the best of the best. Of yeah. course, there's talent everywhere, but I mean, the Northeast New York City is, you know, the epicenter of it. Yeah. Um, is there anything you can do, right, to to help me uh, maybe explore the possibility of, of getting a slot there? And they said, let's see what we can do and got back to me a week later and said, all right, like, you know, we've switched your location. So wow. never, never shy away from an endeavor that, you know, might seem kind of outlandish or just yeah. give it a shot. And, and yeah. sometimes it's always worth it because, so. yeah, because like, you know, you had nothing to lose. I mean, you, they had already offered yeah. you, I'm going to take it back. And if they're, they can, yeah. the worst thing that can happen, they'll just say, no, you're going to Texas. You're like, okay. Like, you know, but like yeah. you know, worth a shot for sure. That's amazing. That's awesome. For sure. I mean, that's exactly what happened with Deloitte. It's funny. The, the same identical thing, right? Yeah. And so you go to so like, PwC for the summer. Uh, yeah. in New York you do the whole three months there what group were you part of then so financial services okay. te technology consulting gotcha so they assign mm -hmm. you to a client in New York you're kind of the intern yeah. doing the, you know doing the most and at the end of that summer how was you know obviously this is your third year summer now right junior summer yeah junior third summer year. exactly so so you get it you get an offer or not at the end so how, how like well, how was the decision there because you end up not going to pwc after you decided to go to deloitte for full time yeah 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 this, um, this podcast is rated r for for raw so <laughs> be real <laughs> i'll be real i hey when you know when i was in college or even today right and you you you're listening to someone you want like Either you want their inside, you just want to know their story, and then they start to sugarcoat it, and you're like, "Come on, guys! Like everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is exhausting." No, no, no for sure. Remember, remember, our um, audience is not the Netflix generation; they're the TikTok generation. They see through everything. <laughs> that's up. Jeez, TikTok is really blowing up. I know. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was reading about its new CEO who was passed up by Disney. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so talk to me about like that transition from PwC and making the decision to go Deloitte. For sure. So, so the summer was fantastic. I um, was maybe putting in more than a sane. I was like working through Friday nights and I'd taken on three live projects, which like yeah. isn't even possible. Um, but, you know, got to then work with multiple different partners, right? And, and directors and build all these excellent relationships and yeah. learn a whole bunch. Um, so the summer was great. Um, but like, I mean, you know, as is reality and as is reality so much more now than it's ever been, they were having just, you know, the, the most aggressive budget cuts and not a single international student got an offer that summer, <laughs> which is sometimes the reality of things. Right. And you yeah. say, Hey, like this, this sucks. Like I really enjoyed, you know, the internship. I, I really have grown to, to love you guys, but you know, I'll, I'll take these skills and I'll see what I can build with them from here. Yeah. I had um, a. I had a situation like that when I was in my senior year interned at Accenture consulting mm. for the summer and uh, just and ended up not getting an offer at all. And everybody else got an offer. So I was like, I was just a shitty intern. <laughs> yeah, so, it's not, so it felt really bad. So and I still remember uh, I was sitting outside the library when Accenture called me and I thought I had, I thought I had secured the job offer and it was 2008 mm. um, August or something like that. So it was like the worst time to yeah. And they're like, hey, thanks for interning with us this summer, but nah, you, you ain't good enough. And I was so mm. devastated. I was like, man, what do I want to do? Like, recession's here. No one's hiring. Oh, my God. So it felt like the lowest point at that time. But now when I look yeah. back at it, it's the, it's the funniest thing. Because I was like, if, 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 for example, I had gotten that offer to join Accenture, this podcast would not be happening. I can guarantee you. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's always so many different factors at play, right? I mean, within the organization, how a decision can can domino, you know, in, in terms of your professional, personal life, right? The decisions you make from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's cool to trace back for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. So you come back to UT, you you hit up recruiting, you know, recruiting starts as early as September when you come back to school. Yeah. So you're back doing the interview rounds. Um, and how does one... Um, one of the issues you know people have, especially young people have, is and there's a lot of people who you know come back from the summer and they don't get a return offer, and it becomes yeah. pretty challenging for them to kind of then you know go through recruiting because there's a lot of people who do get return offers, and it's yeah. easy for them to be like, hey, look, I have an offer from X Y Z, but I want to work here. How did you mm -hmm. navigate that challenge? Yeah, definitely fair. Um, I think you, I think you're just honest, right? Um, because people people see through you when you're not being honest. And you say, hey, um, you know, didn't get an offer or, hey, you know, they were having budget cuts or, hey, you know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and nobody's yeah, hiring, yeah. right? And, um, but, but here's what I learned, right? Um, I worked in this, um, you know, asset management client and I built, you know, this, this tax compliance strategy, you know, tool for them, right? Yeah. And here's how it was used and here's the value that was provided, right? And quantify it, of course, basic resume writing rules. And you say, this is why I'm more valuable now than I was before the start of the summer. And I'm still on the market and that's, that's exciting for you. Right. Yeah. So let's like have a conversation, bringing confidence to, to, to every, every information session, every coffee chat that you're at is, is key. And, yeah. and more so in the industries that we're in, right. Than, than any other, um, yeah. you, you want to know for sure kind of what your skill set is and, and where you bring the most value, but you want to be able to portray it to where they, you're not just making them aware of it. They, they realize that and they, they're excited about it and they want you, right. They start yeah. to, to, to understand that it is a privilege to get to interview you, right? It's kind of that, that shift in mindset, right? Yeah. And, and, and a lot of, and a lot of fake it till you make it, right? I mean, your friends are, like you're saying, your friends are going to say, hey, like, I'm chilling, like I signed an offer, you know, this year is just smooth sailing for me. And you say, okay, I will get there. Um, yeah. And I will just keep gunning forward until I do, right? I love it. I love it. And I think that whole point about being real and honest with the interviewer is important because remember, like, you know, you know, you're not, you're not the first person without an offer that they're interviewing. And yeah. a lot of people have their bullshit, you know, sugar-coated answers like, hey, it wasn't a cultural fit or this bullshit, that bullshit. No one believes that. You know, but nobody believes that exactly. And I think being honest is important. And the, and the best part is like, you know, the more honest you are, the more real you are, you'll connect better with the person on the other side of the table. And if they like yeah. you and they're like, hey, look, this person's honest. You know, maybe they had a bad experience. Maybe, you know, something happened, whatever happened, but they'll give you the, the honesty check mark and that honesty check mark actually wins because they're like, look, you're smart anyway. We know that, right? Mm. I like you're a good person. So let's give her a shot. The other thing that I think, um, you know, is important in this, in this whole thing is like when people, you know, lie or they try to cover it, it's, it's very, it's a very like short-term uh, thinking for, uh, in, in my opinion, like, you know, they're not focused on long-term and it, just doing those things. is just, it's just stupid. Like, you know, so just anybody who, you know, goes through something like that where it's not a fed or didn't get a return offer, just own it and, 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 and move mm -hmm. from it, move on from it. So I'm happy you did that. And, and that was one of my challenges as well. I was, as I was uh, coming through it. Um, okay. So you go through recruiting Deloitte works out and mm -hmm. it's also New York role, but you said there's yeah. an interesting story behind that. Yeah, so Delort was great. Um, you know, kind of, kind of did a similar thing where I just let my OCD kick in. I said, okay, I'm going to be doing these million things at once. I'm going to learn a bunch. It's going to be great, right? Um, I was on a healthcare project, um, okay. like a state, a, a state public, you know, sector healthcare project yeah. that 
was was slotted to kind of go on for for multiple years yeah um and and on the side i was you know working on these super exciting blockchain initiatives and i was looking at how you can use rpa to automate audit you know what does what does cloud strategy mean being a brand new workstream and deloitte and what does that mean from a data perspective for all yeah. of the other teams like some some really cool initiatives right and I mean, got to work with some fantastic people. Some of them wrote me, you know, my grad school recommendations and stuff. So, yeah. so, so just kind of a side note, building these relationships when you're especially at a big firm, right? You have so many opportunities to, to go out of your way and put in, you know, more than what you're 100%. Yeah. Um, definitely leverage that because they flourish in just unimaginable ways as you, as you go on and you get to learn so much from these guys. And it's just, it's, it's invaluable. Yeah. Can't stress it enough. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I was working on all that, you know, all that was going great. Um, but I said, Hey, I really don't want to be in this long-term healthcare project. Right. Like I, my work experience kind of right since like we've talked about since freshman year has been in financial services. I loved yeah. it. I'm passionate about it. And the deeper I get into a certain space right now, the harder it's going to be for me to pivot because, yeah. you know, people are going to start to look at my resume and they're going to say, Oh, like she did a lot of, you know, testing yeah. in healthcare. This is what yeah, she's a healthcare mindset person. Yeah, yeah. And and if you know that you don't want that, then, um, you know, maybe it's important to say, okay, I will take the risk and I will pivot, right? Um, so, yeah, that's what I did. I ended up doing an internship with uh, my current employer, okay. Microvent or not Microventures, but the equity. Okay. Um, you know, Hold couple, up. So this is, is this before the, so this is right after Deloitte's uh, work, like the eight, nine months you were there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so exactly. before we transition to uh, Vista, you did a master's. Was that a master's before this or was that during Vista days? Yeah, so the so the internship at Vista fell in between Deloitte and the master's. Um, okay. So it was, yeah, so it was immediately after Deloitte and right before okay. school started. Um, I had that like perfect little window. Gotcha. So, um, so people who don't know Vista as well, Vista is one of the top software private equity firms. Um, is, it, is, it, is, is this the right, uh, the founder paid off the tuition of like a graduating class, the right founder? Am I thinking the right? Yeah. Okay. What's mm -hmm. his name again? Robert Smith. Robert Smith. Robert Smith. So, you know, Vista is, you know, super well known and, and not an easy place to get into. And it's a, usually people get into in Vista from traditional paths, like they'll do investment banking predominantly and go in. How did you get a role from Deloitte into Vista and what was that role? Yeah, definitely, definitely fair question. I think PE firms in general tend to be so specific about the resume of the candidates that they want to look at. Like you said, banking is, is you know, pretty much a, um, a fundamental requirement. Yeah. Um, but Vista is, is a unicorn in that sense. They um, are kind of known for their uh, willingness to interview people with consulting backgrounds and people with non-traditional, um, you know, ex-banker or current hedge fund or ex-banker or current private equity, um, you know, kind of, kind of resumes. Yeah. Um, so I got really lucky. I truly, I mean, was, you know, looking around on LinkedIn and, and, and saw this and I talked to the recruiter and uh, she said, hey, let me get you an interview, right? Um, and two days later, I do one round, yeah. um, you know, with, with my current boss. Um, and then I hear back four days later and they said, you got the internship, right? Which getting an internship is, is slightly easier, right? They're not making a full-time commitment. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe that's why the, the one round and the speedy turnaround was something that they were willing to do. Yeah. Um, and then intern and then accepted full time and came back right after grad school. Yeah. The team, um, is, so we're called the business analytics team. 
Um, and uh, we do some really interesting work in terms of just cross portfolio analysis across yeah. Vista. So looking yeah. at our 63 something holdings and saying, okay, so how do we use this vantage point that we have of, of you know, all software, right? What, what can we learn from one and apply to the other? Yeah. Um, we say that we want to exit in, let's say, you know, an X number of years. How are we trending towards it, right? What, gotcha. can, we, what can we do better and worse? Um, so yeah, really, really cool role. Um, been in it for about a year now. Yeah. And um, the internship was just a, a you know, a yeah. peephole into it. So taking a step back at that, actually. So most people, when they're already in their full time uh, journey, very mm -hmm. rarely do they do an internship, you know, in the middle of their journey, unless they're already in a, unless they're in an MBA program. Right. Yeah. You were open. <clears throat> you said, so you uh, decided to do this because you're, you know, you saw the, you know, it was going back to the roots of what you like doing, which is, you know, being close mm -hmm. to the financial services, investing world, all that stuff. So you take that risk in a way, because I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of other full-time roles you could have found. And you join this place. And then after doing the internship or when the internship was coming to a close, mm. did you have uh, the full-time offer locked in or at the same time, like the business, uh, the master's degree was kind of lined up? What was the next step that was lined up? So both, right? Okay. Um, I had applied to grad school um, before, um, before the commencement of my internship. And, um, you know, they, they gave me the offer kind of before I went to day one of, of the school. Gotcha. Um, so, so both. I, I, and, and, you know, I was making that move from Deloitte. I knew it was risky. And so I wanted to kind of have a plan B going in the background. Yeah. Also, keeping in mind that I'm an international student, um, H1B hadn't worked out that year. Yeah. And I said, hey, one year is not that long. And if I'm learning about machine learning and I'm, you know, getting to become a little bit more comfortable with Python and, yeah. and understanding what that means from like a credit, you know, risk fraud processing, you know, algorithm writing perspective, right? Stuff like that. It's like real, real use case applications yeah. um, and, and kind of building a useful skill set for yeah. nine months, right? 12 months. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's the thinking. Yes. My, when I was, when I graduated undergrad, I didn't have a full-time uh, job lined up, but I, what I had lined up the same way as you did, I had the, the summer lined up, right? Sorry, the, mm -hmm. the school lined up, the masters. And, but then now you have like six, seven months to fill. And yeah. I had a friend who I was really lucky with. He's my best friend now, but he was working at a bank and they were looking for an intern for like three to four months. And, you and that's, you know, that's how I filled up my, my, you know, like the, the free time. And then I went to the business school. So you chose Emory, you studied, uh, what was the major and, you know, tell us a little bit about the program. Yeah. So um, it's called a master's of science in business analytics. Um, it's interesting. I was looking through and kind of, you know, trying to, pinpoint what what exactly I wanted to pursue and it seems like this new degree is just a a wave that is you know kind of going through most B schools UT has an excellent program that's been around for a couple of years longer than Emory um but it's it's very it's fairly sought after because okay. every company wants a data science um team right or they want a data science yeah. person right they want to say hey we have all of this um, you know, data that's sitting around in a warehouse or just like on a drive somewhere and we're not yeah. really doing anything with it because we don't know how to look at a bunch of, of rows and say, well, what is the value in this? What does this tell us? What, you know, what is, what can we predict with this, right? Um, so it's, it's a very useful lens to be able to build. Yeah. Um, the program was, um, a lot of machine learning, um, a lot, some, 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 you know, business insights, data visualization stuff, but that stuff is a lot easier to learn in my, in my opinion. Uh, right. And so saying, okay, we're going to get you really comfortable with R. We're going to get you really comfortable with Python. Yeah. And then we're going to teach you um, what 
you know, some of some of the most important problems are that keep organizations, you know, um, awake at night. And then we're going to equip you with the skills yeah. to say, hey, I can build a model. Um, here's why I think it's accurate. Here's why I yeah. think it's strong. And, um, you know, you you can you can um, enhance your, um, you know, next consulting project with your next client. Right. Like one of the projects that we did, um, this was second semester. We looked at uh, Yelp reviews. Um, for, you know, like fast food chain restaurants. And we said, okay, what are people complaining most about? What are people complaining, you know, the least about? But when you have literally over, you know, 10 million rows of data, it's, it's it's not a manual process. Uh, It can be. It's a fully data driven machine process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you want to have the tools to, to where, you know, you're able to text mine and you're able to accurately be able to like pick out you know, the keywords, um, without building a library yourself, which would take months, right? And yeah. it would be, it would be a fool's errand. Um, and so, 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 you know, you, I'm thinking about the project and I'm thinking, okay, so the end product here is you can go to McDonald's and you can say, Hey, if you change this about your customer service, then, you know, we predict your, your, the, the traffic through your door will go up by X percent. Yeah. And like, what kind of organization doesn't want that? Right? Yeah. Um, and especially so, so, at that scale, even 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 a 0.1 percent change is hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 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 it was problems like that that we were mostly working on, very relevant, um, and kind of you know getting to approach it with a skill set that that most people yeah. um, kind of you know maybe from two generations ago you know don't necessarily have. Got it. So you've been now back in texas you're back in austin i actually didn't even know vista was in austin i thought vista was in san francisco but uh, they are they are oh they are so the so there is yeah. austin a separate office for them yeah so austin is um the hq but then we have san francisco and then we have chicago new york uh, as of pretty recently and hong kong and hong kong mm-hmm. oh god you should have you should have come visited uh when i, when I know I, <laughs> one one day one day for sure so look you know this is amazing you know amazing journey you know pretty unorthodox journey from mm-hmm. most people that go into, you know, the world of finance. You know, I think you've, I think early on in your career, you kind of, you know, became passionate about investing and data and finance and you stuck to it. Right. And then however mm-hmm. way you kind of built that path around it, I think that's awesome. And in my opinion, I think you're, I would say coming to the end of your stage one of your career, which is the early parts of your career. And you've kind of explored a bunch of different things, but you really know what you like. And mm-hmm. now you're entering stage two, which is, I feel like you're going to go a next 10 years and just learning and become an expert at this, which is awesome. So, so congrats on that. I guess the question I have for you is like, what have you been doing outside of all of this, uh, you know, fun world of financial services? Yeah, super fun. Um, let's see. I mean, you know, not that much recently, right? You can't really uh, get, get out much anymore, but um reading i think and and you know as as tried over response as that is i think that that is such a good way to to hit reset um you know and and think let let your brain be consumed by something else completely Mm -hmm. right um so important um i mean i i i've been um reading well this is this is nerdy because i was gonna tell us we're all nerds here Well, so that this book, I guess it doesn't help you hit reset that much because it's about the rise and fall of KKR and how private okay. equity was viewed kind of back in the early 2000s. Um, but it's interesting. Is this the right? RGR Nabisco story? Um, so it's called King of Capital. Okay. Um, I think, what, what are you referencing? There's another book called, 
it's like the famous something something titans it's like rgr nabisco mm. uh where oh, it's, uh, it's called uh, uh oh barbarians at the gate that's what it's right. called so yep, yep, yep. i have king of capital but it's a it's a it's a quite a thick read it's a read <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, let me introduce you to words <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's it's a dense read. It's a dense read. You have to pause and, and let it let it sink in um, before moving on. But it's cool because it talks about you know kind of why people were making the decisions that they were making, right? And yeah. what was the emotional perception of the world, yeah. right, of private equity and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. how that was driving things. So it's super cool. Yeah. Um, what else? I think it's important to exercise. You know, I mean, it's it's amazing how much of a difference that can make. I was never a morning person and. I started to regularly go to spin before work, um, you know, every other day before coronavirus. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. I mean, you know, it's 8 a.m. and you just are 100% switched on. And yeah. I mean, by 10 p.m. that day, you feel like you've just been around forever. Yeah. You know, it's great. <laughs> you've, been, you've been in Austin for a while, you know, um, you've seen New York as well, I guess. But like Austin has kind of become home as a student yeah. and now as a professional. How is life in Austin as a professional, like living there compared to what you've had and seen in, in New York? Mm -hmm. so different so different um from being a student and so different from um you know living in new york obviously yeah. people people ask me people say hey like how's it about how's it being back right in austin and and and, and it, not for single days it felt like i'm back right it's you and i think austin is a diverse enough city where you have so many you know implants from from the west coast right and then you yeah. had your ut student base and then you have you know your your small group of hipsters that you know are angry that all these people are moving into austin right yeah. um so there's just so much going on in these little pockets and and yeah. your your world is primarily you know the pocket that you spend most time in yeah. um as a student obviously you know lived on campus you know ut 24 7 25 7 you know it consumed every waking second right yeah. um but i have you know this kind of excellent circle of, of friends and coworkers that i spend all my time with now right and i live downtown and in a studio a block from my office nice. arguably too close uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um so you know it's a completely different experience i think um your your weekends are sometimes yours yeah. right and so you get out and you you go kayak right as opposed nice. to oh wow um, do you, is it is it yeah. an affordable city? Um, if you're paid well. <laughs> <laughs> got it. I think, right? So you got a um, minimum. I mean, you have to work at Deloitte or better. Or not not Deloitte. Mm. What's it called? Dell. Dell is is in Austin, right? Yeah, yeah. Dell okay. is huge. Um, I I think it's affordable. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's that's relative, right? Of course, but um, I think it's affordable. I I. I think that even though people, you know, complain about the real estate here, and of course it's rising, and especially relative to the rest of Texas, it's like spiking up. Yeah. But if you, I mean, if you compare it to New York or San Francisco, right, it's like getting there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh wow. Okay. You know, I mean, moving back from New York, I mean, the first couple months, I would, you know, get my get my like bill at the bar, and I would laugh. I'd be like, this should be sixty thousand dollars you know yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot more money than it is right it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so cheap but it's all i felt it. i felt uh i don't think i've felt more poor in my life uh in terms of real estate space uh when i moved to hong kong because like hong yeah. kong you get like a, <laughs> my apartment was like one of the fancier apartments uh mm. in hong kong for like a bachelor let's just say 300 square foot and i would pay four thousand us dollars for it and oh and it was just like I was like, man, I can't believe this is happening. And I used to like complain about San Francisco when I used to have a roommate or like a housemate. Two of us yeah. would pay five thousand for like a two bedroom, you know, lots of space, living room, da da da, whatever. 
And I was just like this studio that I had, literally a studio, which was 300 square foot. And it was divided into four pieces, but with no walls. Like the only one quarter of the 300 square foot was, it was a square layout, full square. And one hmm. quarter was the bathroom, which had the walls. The rest did not have, the rest was an L shape, right? <laughs> one quarter was the kitchen. One quarter was the couch and the TV space. And one quarter was the bed. And I would be like, man, I can't believe 4,000 USD. USD buys you this here or rents you this, not even buys you. Yeah. But, uh, well, it's I'm all location, excited. right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited, like, you know, wherever I move next. Right now I'm in Toronto, but LA seems like a place I'd love to live, right? But, like, mm. the other place where it seems like a life hack is Vietnam. And, and mm. all of my stuff is online, so I'm not, like, bound by, hey, I got to go to an office or something like that. So Vietnam, Vietnam feels great to me right now, but we'll see. We'll see, we'll see how this Corona thing kind of ends and then, and then go from there. Um, yeah. But Pratna, you know, you've had an amazing journey. Uh, first of all, uh, happily jealous of, you know, what you're doing and, you know, you're in the mix of things at some of the best firms, especially now with Vista. I think that's super cool. And you're working closely with, you know, from what I'm seeing, like with the, with the office of the CEO and, and mm -hmm. some of the senior people. And you're getting to see, uh, what all the amazing portfolio companies are actually doing from the, you know, cause you're, you're seeing data from a firsthand perspective. So I guess one question I love asking all the guests on this podcast is you have an impressive track record from, you know, UT Austin to working at PWC's Deloitte's of the world, Emory as a second degree, and then Vista now. So let's just say all of these amazing brands, I take them and I delete them. Right. Mm -hmm. So they don't exist. None of that exists on your resume. Only thing that exists is Pratna. Sure. Interesting. Um, I think that, so, so, so she's, I, I would say that she is someone who, who does two things um, and tries to continue to do those two things every day. One, if you are getting out of bed every day, not, and I briefly referenced this, but this is just such an important um, kind of mindset and, and ideology for me, right? If you're getting up out of bed every day and you're not excited about your calendar, right? You're not, you're not jumping to get started. You're not, you're, you know, worst case, you're, you're, you know, fearing it, right? And it causes you anxiety. Sunday scary, right? Yeah. That, I mean, fix that, right? Fix, if, if, if that's um, a change in mindset, fix that, right? If that's a change in career tra trajectories, that's a change in um, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. If that's, it's a change in hobbies, building them, deleting them, having new ones, right? Do that because you want to be the best version of yourself every day. You want to wake up to a more refined version of yourself every day, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that, that, that's why you get out of bed, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one. Um, two, put yourself outside of your comfort zone. Every opportunity you get, and that sounds, again, just, you know, so cliche, right? But but that's how you learn about things you didn't know you enjoyed. That's how you learn yeah. about things you didn't know you were good at, right? And and that's how you learn how to laugh at yourself um, yeah. and, and laugh with yourself, right? And that's so important um, you, because yeah. when, you, when you're, you know, working with uh, the office of the CEO, right? You want to fail fast. You want to fail forward because you want to be, you know, it's, it's a fast moving dynamic, right? And you want to be bringing yeah. value and you have to start to become okay with, with um, stumbling a little, right? And learning from it and getting back up immediately and just, you know, kind of continuing to, to gun, gun forward, yeah. right? Um, so I think, I think those two things are, are um, part of my core. And I try to apply that to, you know, personal, professional, yeah. All, all, all aspects. I love it. I, I think that's beautiful. Uh, thanks, Pradna. I really appreciate you coming on this. I'm so happy to uh, after so many, so many years and so excited to you know what's next. So keep it up. Keep me in the loop. Uh, proud of you.
yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great getting to, to virtually meet everyone and catching up with you is always, always a pleasure and luxury.